It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ every weekday morning from our studio on the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, visit ellerslie.com. Hi, I'm Leslie Woody. Welcome back to the Wednesday edition of Daily Thunder. And today I want to talk about choosing radical devotion to Jesus. So we live in a time when social correctness is screaming very loudly at us. And I think a lot of us as Christians are wrestling and grappling with that decision. How radically devoted to Jesus should I be in such a time as this? Should I kind of be a little more silent about what I believe? Should I kind of go under the radar a little bit, kind of have my foot halfway in with the culture and halfway in with Christianity? Where is my devotion, really? And as we grapple with these questions, I want to really look at what the Word of God says about radically giving ourselves to Jesus Christ. I think there's a a common misconception that There are like radical Christians, and then there are just Christians. And yet when you look at scripture, you look at the gospel, you look at what Jesus did and what he calls us to, you recognize that real Christianity is radical Christianity, even though it doesn't fit that well with culture, but it never has all throughout history. So here's an old quote from someone named Henry Sugal, and he said, He who hath given himself entirely to God will never think that he doth too much for him. And I love that because when we are fully given to God, it's like there's there's no sacrifice that is too great. Whatever he asks, we will gladly give, we will gladly do, even at the expense of our very lives because we know he is he's worthy. He has given everything to us and we are willing to give everything to him in return. A lot of us struggle with that kind of radical givenness. And honestly, it's only possible through the enabling grace of God. The rich young ruler is a classic example in scripture of that that grappling that we that we go through as modern Christians. He was really presented with the opportunity of a lifetime. The Messiah was looking at him with loving eyes. It says when he looked at him he loved him and invited him personally to become his follower. That is an incredible invitation. But that invitation came with a price and the price in his mind was just too great. The price was that he had to let go of all that he had. He had to give up everything. And when it came down to it, he couldn't do it because of the great sense, in spite of the great sense of sadness and regret that overtook him as he walked from away from Jesus. He didn't turn around. He didn't change his mind. He, he, was, he was sad. He wanted to follow Jesus, but he couldn't make the sacrifice. Can you relate to that kind of inner battle? I know I've been at at that place at different times in my life. Maybe you felt a momentary desire to let Jesus take complete control of your life, but then you hesitate because the cost seems too great. The calling seems too extreme. Nearly all of us have been there at one time or another in our Christian journey. Many of us are in the midst of that struggle even right now with all that is going on around us in the culture. And as the world around us is becoming more and more hostile towards true Christianity, we might find ourselves waffling between comfortable mediocrity and radical devotion to Jesus. So here's a a key question that we need to face. In the midst of such intense pressure to conform to social correctness, It's imperative that every one of us grapples with the question, how far are we willing to go in our devotion to Jesus Christ? And is there such a thing as being too extreme in our passion for him? 
there's a really powerful story in scripture that demonstrates a kind of radical devotion that is rarely seen in today's world. It took place when King David was in exile. He was living in a cave to escape Saul's persecution, and he was in danger from the Philistines who had taken control of a lot of Israel. So in these dire circumstances, David expressed his longing for a drink of water from a certain well in Bethlehem. Now, it would have been a death mission for David to send any of his loyal men to that well because it was surrounded by enemy soldiers. When he said, oh, if I could just have a drink from the well of Bethlehem, it was more like a wishful thinking, you know, that he just expressed out loud. But his men, David's men, they only lived for one purpose, and that was to serve and honor God's anointed king. So upon hearing his desire for water from that well, three of his men sprang into action If their king wanted a drink from the well, they were going to get it for him at any cost. So it says they broke through the camp of the Philistines. They drew water from the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate, and they took it and brought it to David. Nevertheless, David would not drink it, but poured it out to the Lord. And he said, far be it from me, oh my God, that I should drink this, because at the peril of their lives, they brought it. So he was just so astounded that they took that they're li- that they took that risk just to satisfy his desire for a drink from that well. So this is a really awe-inspiring example of incredible loyalty and it really begs the question, do we possess that kind of to the death loyalty to our true king Jesus Christ? Do we love him so much that we'll be, we will become numbered among those hunted and despised along with him? That's what David's mighty men did when they were with him in the cave. Are we willing to charge straight into the most deadly peril? at the risk of our own lives, just to honor his slightest request. The key truth here is this. As modern believers, we are typically happy to sing songs about Jesus, write about him, talk about him to other Christians, but often when the true test of loyalty comes, we hesitate. We're very prone to choosing personal comfort over radical devotion to him. So with the political situation in our nation, I've been freshly amazed and inspired by the many believers throughout history that I've studied who chose to sprint towards the danger of the culture and the world rather than encountering in self-protection. They chose this radical givenness to Jesus Christ even when the odds were completely against them. They didn't cower in a corner. They didn't go under the radar. They just went straight into the battle and stood boldly for Jesus Christ. And with all that's going on in our world today, I've gone back to some of these stories and they freshly inspired me. One is Mary Slessor, who was this little woman. She was a missionary in Africa, in a really dark part of Africa, when really not very many missionaries had been there. And it was just totally given over to darkness. There were a lot of um, just awful things that these tribal people were doing. They were cannibals. They were violent. They had all these superstitions. And she was determined to bring the light of the gospel to them. And there was a situation where one of the tribal warriors, he was all decked out in his paint and his feathers. And he was, the whole village had gathered. They were in a big circle around this woman from the tribe who had broken one of the tribal rules. And he was dancing around her. And he had this cauldron of hot boiling oil and a ladle and he was about to scald this woman to death with hot oil what a horrible torturous way to die and mary slesser was just not about to watch this happen so she had just really arrived in this village as a missionary and the people didn't quite know what to make of her her life was constantly in danger and yet she was just bold and unafraid and so instead of cowering and hiding and going back to her hut and saying I'll wait and see what happens she just charged right into the middle of that circle and she walked right up to this 
this man, who, you know, this decked out tribal warrior who was this tough, fierce, scary looking guy with this hot oil. And she stood between him and the woman. And she locked eyes with him, just daring him to come any closer. And he got so infuriated that she was standing up against him and, and, and you know, the tribal traditions were being threatened and it just infuriated him. And so he, he came closer and closer to her. He had his ladle of hot oil and, and he got so close to her, he was about to throw it on her in her face and she could hear it bubbling in the, in the ladle and swishing around in the ladle, ladle, but she would not move. She would not back down. And finally, he did not know how to handle that kind of boldness and courage. So he threw his ladle down and he stomped away in disgust. And all of the village people started to talk among themselves, is there a power greater than that of our tribal superstitions? Because they had never seen anyone stand up to a, a fierce tribal warrior like that. And that is what paved the way for the gospel to reach that tribe because of her boldness, because she went straight towards the danger rather than shrinking back from it. Gladys Aylward was someone I mentioned in our last episode, but she went to China as a missionary. And when there was a riot in the men's prison down the road, they asked her to come and intervene. Now, she wasn't even five foot tall. She was this little British woman. And the guards couldn't even get control. So here are these men prisoners who are killing and clubbing each other and stabbing each other. And they were just totally out of control. There was chaos everywhere. And she marched right into the middle of this chaos. And even there was one of the prisoners who came straight at her with a knife. She told him, boldly to put it down. She commanded all these men to go back to their cells. And she's this helpless little teeny woman, but she was, she was ready to take a bold stand for Jesus Christ. And because of her courage, because she went straight into the battle rather than shrinking from it, the gospel came to that prison and started to transform the entire community. Esther on Kim is another amazing example. She was a young woman who was in Korea during the time when the Japanese were taking over the country in the Second World War. And she had to make a choice whether she would be a closet Christian or a bold, outspoken Christian. She had the opportunity to hide and go behind the scenes, but she wanted to make a stand for Jesus. She went, everyone was required to go to this shrine and bow to the Japanese sun god. She was the only one who stood looking up at the sky while everyone, even Christians, around her bowed because they were trying to pacify the Japanese. And because of that, she spent six years being tortured in prison but her testimony won so many people to Jesus, even people that would never have been open to the gospel because she was bold and she went straight in rather than protecting herself. And then, of course, there's Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was in Germany and stood boldly for what he called the confessing church. He stood against this idea that Christians should just go along with Hitler and just keep quiet and not speak up about anything that Hitler was doing. He founded the confessing church, which were Christians who wanted to take their Christianity seriously in that time of the Nazis taking over. And many of them lost their lives, including him, but they took a stand and they, they made such an incredible difference for the gospel. These are just a few examples, but these examples remind me of the mighty men and women who were willing to risk everything, just like those men who were willing to risk everything to give King David a drink from the well of Bethlehem. And that is the opposite of how many of us are wired to respond when it comes to choosing radical devotion to Jesus Christ in such a time as this. We might take a few small risks for our king, but if he asked for a drink from the well that was surrounded by enemy warriors, we'd be thinking, you know, if I went that far in my devotion to him, I'd be putting myself at risk. I'd be making myself vulnerable to discomfort and pain. I might even get killed. I can't give up everything for him. That's not reasonable. That's too extreme. 
But stop and think about the fact that Jesus gave everything for us. He gave up everything, left his throne of glory in heaven and came and sacrificed everything for us. And he is asking if we will give him everything in return. The bottom line is this. If we want to have unhindered fellowship with Jesus, we have to be willing to come away from anything and everything that is standing in the way of wholehearted consecration to him. So in the case of the rich young ruler, it was his great wealth, his addiction to wealth and money that stood in the way. But for you and me, it might be something totally different. It might be our desire to fit in and be applauded by the world. It could be our personal dreams and ambitions. It could be unhealthy relationships that we're unwilling to step away from. We don't want to give them up, even though we know they're not honoring to God or a desire for social approval and correctness. A lot of Christians desire that for some reason. Today, it's like, well, I just want the culture to approve of me. I don't want my Christianity to make me unpopular in the world. Are we willing to lay those things down and choose radical devotion to Jesus Christ? Here's the key truth. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart, not part of your heart, not a little bit of your heart, but all your heart. And when our desire for Christ becomes so great that we begin to seek him as if we are searching for priceless treasure, when we are willing to give up all the comforts and pleasures and things that this world has to offer in order to gain him, that's when he will draw nearer to us than we ever imagined possible. I love how Charles, Tar Charles Spurgeon expressed this truth. He said he was talking about Jesus's words in the Song of Solomon. And he said, Jesus says, rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. He asks you and me to come out from the world and be separate and touch not the unclean thing, to come altogether away from selfishness, from anything which would divide your chaste and pure love to Christ, your soul's husband. Come away from your old habits. Leave all these things. Come away to private communion. Come away, shut the door of your chamber, and talk with your Lord Jesus and have close and intimate dealing with him. Come altogether away from the world by making your dedication to Christ perfect, complete, unreserved, sincere, and spotless. Are you ready to truly follow the one true king no matter what it costs? Jesus is ready to take our hand and lead us away from the emptiness of this world into the glorious realities of his kingdom. The adventure of a lifetime awaits us when we answer his invitation with a wholehearted yes. Now we can know that the road will not be easy, but also that it will be infinitely more fulfilling than the mediocrity that surrounds us. The rich young ruler, when he walked away from Jesus, he thought he was walking towards a life of true happiness, a life of comfort and ease and popularity and wealth. But in reality, he was really just heading towards a hollow cavern. It was a life leading to nothing but regret and heartache. Let's not make the same mistake. Because just like the rich young ruler, Jesus is looking at us with eyes of love, inviting us to completely follow him. And yes, we must give up everything we're clinging to in order to do that, but we will gain everything that really matters when our answers, when our answer to him is a wholehearted yes. So I pray that we will make that decision to choose radical devotion to Jesus Christ today. As we close, I want to leave you with a short media piece about our Ellerslie Discipleship Training Program. Our five-week program here in Colorado is an amazing way to become grounded in that life of radical devotion to Jesus Christ. Have a great week. God bless. 
lot of us have doctrines, but they're not tied together because we lack a global understanding of Scripture. We lack a global understanding of how to rightly apply it. The kingdom of heaven is based on facts, truth. Jesus Christ himself is the truth. And when you get him right, and you know how to rightly appropriate it in your life, and you get those tools, then suddenly Christianity begins to shine. It lifts off the page, it functions, it lives. If you have a passion along these lines and you would desire a season just set apart, able to focus on the person of Jesus, I'd love you to consider being a part of a semester here at Allersley. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder is streamed daily, Monday through Friday, from our studio in Windsor, Colorado. And our weekend church service is delivered live and streamed at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Join us at live.ellersley.com. Note that our live weekday in-person version of Daily Thunder is scheduled to resume this upcoming June in conjunction with our training season. Learn more at ellersley.com. Thanks for listening.